Matthew chapter 27, beginning with verse 45. I wanted us to read about the crucifixion this Sunday as we're going to celebrate Easter next Sunday. That doesn't seem possible. But it says this. Now from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, there was darkness over all the land. Uh, Jesus has been hanging on the cross, most scholars think, about three hours. So from 12 until 3, there's darkness over all the land. Midday till mid-afternoon. It says, about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. Uh, That's uh, Aramaic. For my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of those who stood there, when they heard that, said, This man is calling for Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed and offered it to him to drink. The rest said, Let him alone. Let's see if Elijah will come and save him. Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. The Gospel of John says that he cried out, Telestai. And that is a term that means it is finished. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth quaked and the rocks were split and the graves were opened. Many of the bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. So when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and the things that had happened, they feared greatly and said, Truly this was the Son of God. Let's pray. Father, as we come before you, thank you for the privilege of being in your house. Thank you for uh, helping me and answering the prayers of your people in my healing We still pray for others who need healing. Father, I pray for our servicemen and women that are around the world protecting our freedoms, that you'd protect them and their families. I pray the same for all of our missionaries that are serving here and abroad, that are in difficult places and fighting spiritual war, that you'd guard them and their families and keep them safe. And Father, I ask that you'd guard our hearts and minds right now by the power of your Holy Spirit, That you would speak to us from your word as only you can. That it would be alive and understandable. That it will do what you send it forth to do. Father, I pray for those who have never accepted Christ publicly as their personal Lord and Savior. That today's the day they would do exactly that. I pray for others who have other kinds of decisions. That your will will be done. And we'll glorify your name as we leave this place saying, It was good to be in your house, Father. Because we are your people, and this is your house. These things I pray in Christ's name. Amen. I want to look this morning at what I've entitled, So What? Jesus Died on the Cross. I've actually had a a few young adults tell me that. Well, so what? Big deal. Jesus died on the cross. And then we had to discuss why it was a big deal. How was it relevant to them? To me, a lot of people are obsessed with what their purpose is in life. You can go to bookstores, you can hear it on the radio, you have all kinds of self-help gurus that will say, here's what your purpose should be. But you see, I see that, and some people don't even realize what they're really chasing after. They know that there's something inside that's not quite fulfilled, 
to something that more to make them happy or to make them content or it's just more of something and they don't know what. Some find it in drugs and alcohol. Some try to find it in, in another relationship. Some try to find it in another job or, or et cetera, et cetera. More new toys. But you see, Paul told the believers in Colossians, in, in Colossians 1.16, For by him all things were created, they're in heaven and they're on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. And to get this last part, all things were created through him and for him. We look at the story of the cross. It's not an easy story to read. I guarantee it wasn't easy for Jesus to go through. But we find true purpose in life in Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection. We find what makes life whole. We find what makes life real. When we accept Christ as our Savior. Because you see, Jesus' death on the cross provided forgiveness for our sins and joy for living. Jesus' death on the cross provided forgiveness for our sin and joy for living. And so if you see there's something a little bit missing, then let's think about exactly what does it mean to us today that Jesus died on the cross. The first thing is this, Jesus' death on the cross means my sins can be forgiven. Jesus' death on the cross means my sins can be forgiven. Do we understand exactly what that means? In John or Acts chapter 3, verse 19, we're instructed when it says, Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing can come from the Lord. In Acts 4.12 it says, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved except the name of Jesus. You see, Jesus' death on the cross means my sins can be forgiven. We, we understand that, but do you understand that only Jesus, now think about it, only Jesus, God's only well-loved Son, could forgive our sins by dying on the cross. He was the Lamb of God sent to take away the sins of the world. We know that. The Bible is very plain. Our favorite verses say that. For God so loved the world, say it with me, that he gave, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes is condemned not, but he who believes not is condemned already. You ready? Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Jesus did for us what nobody else could do. By dying on that cross, he allowed us to have forgiveness from the Father. By dying on that cross, he allowed us to have a right relationship. Only he could do that thing. The book of Hebrews chapter 10 Begin with verse 11 says this, And every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifice which can never take away sins. But this man, Jesus, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins, that's himself, 
forever set down at the right hand of God. From that time, waiting till his enemies are made his footstool, for by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. He made it possible. Do we understand that? And then, in 1 Peter chapter 2, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, speaking to us, now hear it, but you are a chosen generation. His own special people. A lot of times the old King James translates that peculiar. You are a peculiar bunch. And I'm the most peculiar. But remember, that means special. That means his segula, his special, most inmost treasure. His own special people that you may proclaim the praise of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Hallelujah. Come on, church. Who once were not a people, but are now the people of God. Who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy through the blood of Jesus shed on that cold, cruel Roman cross. Do we understand? We can have forgiveness because Jesus died on the cross. There's salvation Not in any other. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. What does the cross mean to us today? We can have forgiveness. If you haven't accepted Christ as your Savior, you need to do that. He is the only way. You need to do that publicly because he said, if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my Father. You'll never see one time when Jesus called anybody privately. They had to make a public stand. Nicodemus, who came by night, made a public stand by helping take Jesus' body off the cross. Joseph of Arimathea said that because of the Jews, he was not an open disciple but a secret follower. But he stood publicly helping taking Jesus off the cross and wrapping his body and giving his tomb for Jesus to be put in because they were just going to put him in a common potter's field. You see, it takes a public stand. It means our sins are forgiven. Don't ever forget the cross. When you read 1 Corinthians chapter 15, it's the cross and the resurrection, the the very gospel story, the very most important thing. to The apostle Paul and all the others was Jesus and him crucified and raised from the dead. Do we understand that? The second thing, Jesus' death on the cross means something special. It means God hears my prayers. Did you hear that? God hears my prayers. Several, several years ago, this will date me, Billy Carter got in trouble because uh, in one of his interviews, he said God didn't hear the prayers of lost folks. He didn't hear the prayers of uh, sinners, okay, except when they confessed their sins and asked him for salvation. Amen. You realize because of what Jesus did on the cross, when I accept him as Savior, now he hears my prayers. Think of it. In Matthew chapter 6, we have what a lot of people call the Lord's Prayer. It's really the model prayer. In Matthew chapter 6, I think it begins uh, with verse 9. He says, in this manner, therefore, you pray, our Father who art in heaven. Now, once you say that, our Father who art in heaven. The most important words in that prayer is Father. 
There's not a father here, a mother here, an aunt here, an uncle here, who if, if their child or their grandchild or their niece or their nephew pleads with them, wouldn't do their very best to answer that prayer. And we've got a God who is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present, and he will answer our prayers. Now, you may not like it, but lost folks, unless they're confessing their sins, don't belong to God. He owes him absolutely nothing. He already gave everything he had on the cross. That makes people mad. They say we're, we're prejudiced and we're small-minded. No. He gave everything he had in Jesus Christ. You accept him, you're now adopted into the family. You're part of it. And he'll answer your prayers. Cry out to God. See, John 1 verse 12 says, To as many as believed in his name, he gave the right, the power, to be called children of of God. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 14 says it this way if you're taking notes. For he himself is our peace who has made both one Gentile and Greek and has broken down the middle wall of separation because you had the court of the Gentiles and then the court of the women and then the court of the Jews. I think is the way it went. He says he's broken down that middle wall of separation having abolished in his flesh the enmity That is the law of commandments contained in the ordinances. So as to create in himself one new man from two thus making peace. That he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross. God saved us when we asked him to save us. When we repented of our sins and accepted him by faith. God gave us the right to call on Him as our Father and answer our prayers and expect Him to answer us. Nothing is too small. Did you hear that? And nothing is too big to take to the Father. Well, I don't want to pray selfishly. If you're walking with God and having a daily Bible study and a daily prayer time, He will change your heart. You won't ask selfishly. And he wants to hear your inmost hurts. He wants to hear those things that that you don't tell anybody else. He wants you to share so that he can put the bomb of Gilead on us. We need to call out to God for our nation, for revival. We need to call out for revival in our churches. We need to call out for revival in our own hearts. We need to call out to revival because God always sends it to his people first. We need to ask God, move your spirit in a fresh way so that we will feel your power and your might. Answer us today, O oh Lord. That's right. Because Jesus' death on the cross means that I'm forgiven of my sins, but it also means he hears my prayers. And if you think God isn't listening, you're wrong. The answer is always yes, no, or wait a little bit. And sometimes we don't like to know, and we especially don't like the wait. Or I should say, I don't like it. Somebody said, I bet you're going to go stir crazy. They weren't very long after two days was Elizabeth was telling me, you can't drive, you can't drive, you can't drive. She went back to work. I drove. <laughs> God was good, good. Yeah, I got caught. Two or three people saw me driving. But I told Elizabeth first so that I, I wouldn't get told on. Yeah, he wasn't. He didn't see me. It was those two right there that saw me. 
I saw them pass by me. I was doing a pretty good clip, and they passed by me. I don't know how fast they were going, Marsha, but you need to talk to them. I'll help you all out telling on me. Let's go on. Because of the cross, God forgives our sins. Because of the cross, God hears our prayers. Because Jesus' death on the cross, it means my name can be written down in the Lamb's book of life. Now, we read about the, the Ram's Book of Life in, in, in the book of Revelation when it talks about in chapter 13, uh, verse 8, it says, All those, even those who hadn't accepted, will bow the knee, even though their names are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life, because Philippians tells us that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. And then in the last <coughs> little bit of Revelation in 20, Verse 12, it says, and two books were opened, the book of works and the book of life, to see where our names are written down. Well, what does that mean? You know, we're always quoting uh, Matthew 28, 18 through 20 for our marching orders, and, it, and they are. But sometimes we forget what Matthew 8, 20, verse 18 says. Jesus appeared to them and he said, all authority has been given to me. No one else except Jesus could write our names in the book of life. Do you understand that? Did he know from eternity past? Yes, he did. He's God. See, only he and the death of the cross meant he had the right. That's why in heaven when they need those seals open, it was searched through heaven, there's quiet, there's silence. And the apostle John begins to weep and the angel says, don't weep. The lamb, the lion of Judah has been granted authority to open the seals because what he's done on the cross and raised from the dead. Think about it. All authority. Only he could carry the full authority to write our names in the book who called children of God. We sing that song, when the roll is called up yonder. Written way back when they had those army rolls and they'd call and you'd say here or present. Some of you military guys have to tell me what they say if they call the roll. I don't know. What do they say? No. You can't hear me. Okay. They call your name. There's a time when our name's called. It might be when we die. It might be when we're caught up in the air. We see, you don't have to fear death if your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. It says we'll be separated as the sheep from the goats. You see, I want you to catch this. I don't have to worry about that day at the throne of judgment. Because Jesus paid the price for my sins. I accepted what he did on the cross. Now there's a book of works I think that I, I'm a little bit worried about. Maybe just a little bit. But you see, the Bible said that he made him who knew no sin to be sin for me. That I might become the righteousness of God in him. My name is written there as yours. If it is, you should celebrate the cross and the resurrection because you're, you're going to live forever in a place that God made just for you. Okay, let's go on. I'm getting a little slow. The fourth thing, Jesus' death on the cross means, are you ready for it? My mansion is built. Now, you know the scriptures. You know what Jesus said to his disciples. He said, you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. 
And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And he goes on, he, he tells them this. He says, very specifically, I'll get to it. He says, and where I go, you know, and the way, you know. And Thomas, being Thomas, being honest, said, Lord, we don't know where you're going, and how can we know the way? And Jesus answered him with these words that should be a great comfort to all who follow them. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. You see, our place with God is secure because of who Jesus is and what he did on the cross and in raising from the dead. And when we've placed our faith in him, we, as Paul said, I know in whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Either the day that he calls us home after we close our eyes in death and awake to new life, eternal life, or that day when we hear the trumpet sound and he says, come on up, y'all. I don't know what the shout's going to be, but that's what the shout's going to be to me. Maybe around here. It's, come on, Ewans. means the same thing. But do you get it? Our mansion is built. Only God, only Jesus, by his work on the cross, could secure our reservations where we'll be with God forever and ever. Walk the golden streets. See the crystal sea, hear the angels singing, we'll join in, you and me. Even some of us who can't sing are going to be able to sing in that day. Do you understand that? Sometimes we forget that I have not seen nor heart of man uh, imagine what God has prepared for those who love him. But the Holy Spirit has revealed that to us in God's Word. The cross means, every time we go, our mansion is complete. The last thing, and you're all saying, hallelujah, amen. Jim over there asked me if I could preach one-handed. I couldn't preach with two. I I can do halfway as well as with one. My tears can be removed. Forever and ever. As a son of God, he's the only one who can comfort our hearts and our lives on this earth and in heaven. It says, and God will be with them and shall be their God. And he will wipe away every tear from their eye. It's Revelation 21.4. No more pain, no more sorrow, no more death, no more suffering. You just think of any of the awful things that we could experience here. And they have no place in heaven above. And God is with us always. So now we see in a glass dimly, then face to face. Now we know in part, but then we'll be known in full. Because we shall know as we also shall be known. Hallelujah. Here's what that means. No more sin or death or problems or miscommunications or whatever you want to fill in the blank with. Nothing between us and God. Nothing between us and one another. Perfect fellowship with the Father and one another in a place called heaven. 
No more tears to stain the eyes. No more grief, no more sorrow, no more suffering. That's what the cross means to us today. Don't ever try to make light of the cross. Don't ever apologize for the cross. The cross is a stumbling block to those who do not believe. But to those who are being saved, it's the glory of God. Will you pray with me? After this prayer, you may want to come forward. You may want to come forward to accept Jesus Christ publicly as your Lord and Savior. You may want to come and join the church by baptism or statement or as a new believer. A letter. You may want to come and rededicate your life to Christ during this Easter type season. And just remember what Jesus really suffered and died on the cross for your sin and for my sins. Maybe there's other decisions you need to make, but you make them as only you can. Father, thank you for being here with us. Thank you for your word. Thank you that you were willing to die on the cross in my place and so many others. Thank you, Lord, that you're with us today. Let us make the decisions that need to be made, made public for your honor and for your glory. These things we pray in Jesus' name.